Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes back no, again. No, this is no time for music. This is time for celebrating. This is time for celebrating. So won't you celebrate with us on another episode of American Brews and Tunes. I'm Steven Johnston. And I'm Jesse Titus. And now you may have heard us previously say time to celebrate. I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, but this is a very special episode. Number one, because today is National Beer Day. Uh, but not only is it National Beer Day, but this is our 10th episode of American Brews and Tunes. So we're honored to share it with all of you. Three, yes. All of you, three listeners. We really are. It's going uh, to be a great celebration. Or as the Scots would say, it's going to be great. <laughs> is that what they would say? <laughs> Something like that. Okay. Um, so, we, I think we said last week, but um, in honor of our 10th episode, we did a themed episode. Yes. Throwbacks and influences. Influential throwbacks. How about that? Influential throwbacks. So, so for the ITB. Me- yeah. Influential throw. Yeah, whatever he's talking about. So I recommended <laughs> one of my uh, big influences that's a very old band for Jesse to listen to. Yes. Minor Threat. And I recommended a, a brilliant poet um, of the folk genre, uh, Mr. Bob Dylan. Oh. Or as some know him by uh, Robert Zimmerman. Oh, they were going to say Bob Dylan. Nope, not Bob Dylan. Right, Robert Zimmerman. Anywho, uh, but like the music, we also decided to go throwback influential with the beer. Yes, so, exactly. So I picked um, a so, beer. Well, yeah, we picked beers that, um, when because whenever we started first drinking craft brews. Yeah. So specifically for both of us tonight, this is what both got us into hops. Yes. I'm having the Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. It's not the first hoppy beer I've had, but it's the first beer with hops that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I'm having the uh, a Stone's Arrogant Bastard Ale. Um, we actually both tried this for the first time at a bar in Manac... Brighton, Pennsylvania. New Brighton, Pennsylvania, yeah. yeah. Uh, called the Backdoor Tavern. And when we first had it, it was like it destroyed my mouth. It's it's very potent. And Christian Coleman said if I could finish it in under five minutes, he'd buy me another beer. So we actually said that's me too. So we both did. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get a good flavor of it. I just it was really intense. Yeah, but this is definitely <laughs> a standard that I normally go back to now. As I would assume you'd say the 90 minute is as well. The 90 minute is a standard, and it's a delicious double IPA from Dogfish Head. Yeah. It's called 90 minute because in the brewing process, it was a 90 minute boil. Yep, exactly. They have a 60 minute and a 120 minute as well. That 120 minute's a doozy. It really is. But enough small talk. Let's crack these beers and explain them for our our, our few listeners. All right. We're both using uh, bottles today, so you'll hear a nice little... Ready? Three, two. All right. Let's pour these and, and see how they look. Even though I know what they look like, it, it's been a while, so... It'll yeah. Kind of we know, like we know what they look like, and then we know what they taste like already, but... We'll explain them for you so that 
if you're not too too terribly huge into the craft beer, maybe this can uh, help burn a nice lifelong journey nice, for you. A nice lifelong affair with craft beer. Um, mine looks like it's like maple syrup. Yeah, his is pretty dark. It's like a really nice dark brown. And mine is a nice dark amber, orange. Would you I say? I would say that's just amber. Amber. I mean, amber is the color of my energy. Like I would say that mine is like dark amber or maple. Yeah. Like dark brown. Well, what do you say we give the magic word? Mm-hmm, and when you yeah. clank my glass, clank it very lightly because I don't want mine to break like yours did. Yeah. Steve is using a last year's St. Patty's Day glass from the Flying Saucer in Nashville. Jesse had the same one, but he broke it. I broke it while washing it, while cleaning it in the sink. That's true. It was terrible. But also, there have been times when we've cheered glasses and Jesse's broke my glass. That's true. This is thin. So here we go. Okay. The magic very, word. Very light clink. Shiv it be put Very light clink. All right. Down the hatch. I haven't had this in like probably a year at least. Oh, man. Wow. I'll let you think about your flavors. Um, I think your might be your, your beer might be a little bit more complex than mine right now. So you think about it as I explain this beer. Oh my gosh, how did I drink this when I first started? This 90-minute so IPA is fantastic. Oh my goodness. it's it, Yes, they dry hopped it quite a bit, so it's really potent and hoppy. But there's so much malt in here. It's so balanced, you can't even really tell that you're being bombarded with hops. It's like hop, hop, hop a lop. Hop, hop, hop a lop. Hop, it's like hippity hip hop hop. It's like if there was a, a hop, hop on pop, hop, lo- hop lollipop. They've got hop drops. It's like cough drops, but it's made of hops. Hop drops. Did I you learned about that ones? on Chopped, the TV show. Oh yeah, I remember that episode. Those would be weird, but I would give them a shot. Um, but this this beer, if for those of you who are afraid of like hoppy beers or you you're not too into hops, I would try. I would say give this one a shot. Um, yeah. Because yes, it's more hoppy than a lot of beers. But they balance it out with malts, so it's not so in your face. Yep. It's just so balanced and delicious. I'm going to go in for sip number two just to enjoy it. Okay. Mm. While you do that, I'll talk about the um, my beer. This, uh, yeah, I haven't had this beer in probably about a year. Um, this beer is amazing, though. I mean, it is such a full, in-your-face flavor of, like, pine essentially is like all I taste is just pine and that's that's probably my favorite hop profile it's just whenever it's it tastes like you're biting into a like a pine cone or like eating pine needles nice so that's that's one of my favorite things about IPAs and this beer does it perfectly I remember the first time I had that one I did not like it yeah I I was like this is too much for me I I can't handle this I was like I'm not worthy. And in fact, I think it says you're not worthy on the bottle somewhere. Yeah, on the bottle, on the front, it says you're not worthy. And if you ever see the the uh, Stone Arrogant Bastard Ale, read the back. It's it's quite a funny, it's um, really funny yeah. description on the back. Uh, but I'm I'm very thoroughly pleased with this. Yeah, do you want us to do a little switcheroo? Yeah, we're going to do a little switcheroo for a little Sipsky. I haven't had a 90-minute in a while either. Oh, mm. yours, yours smells way more malty. Yours um, has a way more going on than mine does. What do you mean, like more flavors? More flavors, yeah. There's, there's definitely the hop, but I'm oh, getting, yeah. I'm getting uh, all kinds of other bitters that are coming in. This afterwards. is really well balanced. Yeah. yeah, this is delicious. I think I, well, they're both really good. I'm more in the that mood for one, this one right now. I'm, I'm yeah, more in the mood for what that, I have. The ninety like, minute. That one's like more syrupy. Yeah. And like sweet. That's a nice 
for for such a big like double IPA, it's very smooth and drinkable. Yeah, definitely. Well, we already knew that these beers were good, um, so we don't need to reassure ourselves. Mm-hmm. But for all of you, if you have not tried either of these, I would recommend both of them. Yeah, they're both and, fantastic beers. And as we say every week, if you have not tried the app Untapped, try it. Try it and check these beers in. You'll probably listen to this on SoundCloud or whatever, but feel free to check out our website at brewsandtunespodcast.com. There you can see uh, all the episodes. We have them all listed, but we've got a lot of bonus content. You can see all the videos, um, all the pictures. We put links for all the songs. We put reviews of all the beers we've had on the podcast. It's just, I don't like to toot our own horn, but toot, toot. But toot, toot. (laughs) It's a great website. Check it out. Uh, look us up on Facebook, all the social media stuff, we're on there. Uh, we'd love to have you follow us. This week we are going to do a diligent job of keeping up the tradition of the bur- the burp tally. Yes. Um, uh, this week we have raised the stakes. It's yeah. not just chocolate this week that we're, that the winner will get. We each pooled our resources yes. and put in one dollar. So the winner of tonight will be one dollar richer. Yes, and the loser will be one dollar poorer. Poorer. Will be one dollar purer. Purer. All right. Anyways, <laughs> shall we move on to the albums? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a good idea. Let's go dense first. Bob Dylan. Okay. All right. So Jesse had me listen to Blonde on Blonde. Yes, Blonde spelled with an E. What a strange sounding uh, title. Oh, there's, there's one burp from Jesse. Uh, Two, I guess. Oh my gosh, I think I might win with this beer tonight. We'll see. All right, yeah. So, yeah, Blonde on Blonde. It's a very strange title. Very strange title. And when you see the album, it's just a picture of Bob Dylan, and it's a blurry picture. Yeah, very iconic. Which people have cover uh, speculated about why it's blurry, because I think it was based on a photo shoot where there were clear shots. So, obviously, he would have picked the blurry shot for a reason. Yeah. What that reason is, I don't know. Who knows? He's definitely trying to say something, or he's being goofy. I don't know. Probably, um, yeah. Anyway, this album uh, came out in 1966, so mm-hmm. it is old. It is old, yes. It's very old. What is that, 50 years? 51 years? 51 years, yeah. 51 yeah. Wow. years. That's really old. still writing music. Somehow. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but this album was monumental in the shaping of music. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan was known as like a singer-songwriter, uh, like guitar folk singer yep harmonica whatever else and i want to say this was one of the it might not have been the first but i think it was one of the first ones where he was mainly full band like full band um like all electric lots of yeah all electric lots of instrumentation um and this was one of the first commercial double albums oh uh this this actually was a double lp so if back in the day it would have come with two records which is technically four sides yeah, the one that I have is, has two records. If you buy this, uh, I'm sure you could actually probably find the CD since you can store so much on a CD as like one CD. But I'm sure when CDs first came out, it was two like two discs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a long album. It's only 14 songs, but that clocks in at about almost an hour and 15 minutes, which is pretty long. Yeah, some of the songs are over seven minutes or yeah. over 11 and minutes. Speaking last. of songs over seven minutes long, let's delve in with the first song. First song, number one, on Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. This song is called Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. Yep. What a strange title. Yep. 
Um, I read that this could be a reference to drugs. I mean, and the the quote that I read was, "Rainy day woman" is a reference to a marijuana cigarette. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be some surprised. of the lyrics are, "Everybody must get stoned," in it. Yes, but I also read that this was a biblical reference. I also would not be surprised that there's that. a. I, I can't remember which book it is, but the twelfth chapter and the thirty first, thirty fifth verse of that chapter says something about women in the rain. Okay. Which it, it could be. I'm not sure. I mean, um, the the context of like the lyrics. Yeah. I don't um, know. during like the verses, would suggest that whenever he's saying everybody must get stoned, he means like literally like stoned. Not, to death, yeah. Yeah, to death. And obviously not literally Cause to death. Because they'll but, stone you when yeah. you're young and una- unable. So they'll, they'll, able, they'll stone yeah. you always. They'll stone you. And I'm sure he's... Bob Dylan was pretty political. You think he means the government? Um, or the man? Or well, society? What what he would say, which is goes for like most of his music, what he would say is that he doesn't... He doesn't know how he wrote it. <laughs> he was a big champion of the counterculture. He was... Um, the beatniks. He was... Uh, he was one who did not like the media. He didn't, do, he didn't like interviews. He didn't like interviews. He didn't like... Um, there's like one interview with him where he like really argues with a reporter. Um, but then... Because like during his time, they called him like, like the spiritual leader of the age. You know? Yes. But he hated that. He was like, don't tell me what I am. So I think he, like, told the media, like, stuff that maybe wasn't accurate. Maybe he's talking about the media stoning people. Could be, yeah. But essentially the song, it's a really fun song. It's a fun way to start off the album. It is. It's got this marching band, almost like New Orleans, like, marching style. Like, if you picture a marching band going through New Orleans, you picture that, right? Yeah. And the atmosphere is kind of like a like a crowded room. You hear like people talking in the background. Yeah. And it's just it's a really fun song. Um this is my karaoke go-to, which I was about to reference. Every time we go to a karaoke place, Jesse always does this song. Yep. And no one pays attention. Yep. That's true. <laughs> Everybody's like this is this isn't pop music. This isn't country. This isn't country. What the heck? They also didn't pay attention when we did uh Bohemian Rhapsody. Which well, is probably did, a good we idea. We did that very poorly, though. And anyone who tries that would do it poorly. Yeah. Uh, Rainy Day Women, the first song, I gave it four four stars. Okay. Technically four out of five. Good song. And uh, moving on, I guess that's really all I have to say about the first one. Yeah. Is second song is called "Pledging My Time." Nice. Very good song. This song is a twelve-bar blues song. The yep. first of a couple on this album because yep. it, it comes back. Um, very popular and a kind of song structure of that. Like the first song doesn't make you think of Bob Dylan entirely when you think of Bob Dylan, but this song more so with the harmonica because mm-hmm. yeah. I think harmonic like har- the harmonica comes in pretty pretty soon. Yeah, like it has yeah, that like, lead. Yeah, like if you were to say, "Oh, do you know any Bob Dylan songs?" Like people would probably say, "Oh yeah, acoustic guitar, harmonica, mm-hmm. very nasally, weird voice." And so this kind of is in that same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, thematically in this song, he's pledging his time to somebody or something. Yeah. Like in the third verse, I'm he talks. In my time. In the third verse, he talks about like a girl. You. Yeah. And pledging his time to her, but I'm not entirely sure that he means that in the other verses. It, I don't know if he's pledging his time to an yeah, idea. I mean, it I, it's hard be, to tell. 
It definitely. I mean, it would it would make sense. And I way. suppose this is this is when I'll I'll talk about my what I think about Bob Dylan's themes and lyrics. He can be very specific, yet vague at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Because he'll talk about very specific things. Like there's one song where he's talking about giving someone his last piece of gum. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? He doesn't explain. <laughs> it's very vague at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, back to song number two, pledging my tam. Uh, it's a good. It's it's an all right song. I really like um, that song. I don't dislike it. I really like all of them, though. So. I gave it three and three-fifths stars. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, I see. You actually drew stars. Yeah. But you only drew three lines on the last star. Correct. That gives it three-fifths <laughs> of a star. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm very intentional with my rating system. I love it. Um, on to song number three, Visions of Johanna. And these visions of Johanna. All right, the very first thing that oh, anyone thinks of when they think of this God. song is seven and a half minutes are you are you kidding me <laughs> kevin style um uh, this song is really great though it does yeah. feel long when you're listening to it but I, I can get past that because it's a really good song um and one of the things that, that struck me the first time i listened to it is there's this organ or some type of key instrument going on in the background mm-hmm I don't know what it is, but I really like it. Yeah. It's, and you, you, it's like to the point where you almost don't really notice it. Because, yeah. And you have to pay attention to like, it. Like as you keep listening to the song, it just kind of like becomes part of the soundscape, like part of the background. Like yeah. it's, you have to really pay attention for it to hear it. But if, if, if you, if it wasn't there, you would probably would notice a huge difference. Agreed. But I, I, th- I think it's a really cool addition. Whoever had the idea to put that in there. I don't know if it was Bob or some of the session musicians. Yeah. Um, the song is about missing or thinking fondly about somebody mm-hmm. that he. I don't know if he's talking about Johan or if that's code word for someone else. I, I was, with Bob Dylan, I don't know if he's like he's in the same realm of, as beatnik poem poets who like made up stories to to get points across. I would assume that's probably so, what. It, what I don't know if he's making up like. a story to get one of his emotions across or if it's actual like an anecdote that he's giving from personal experience. It's hard to say with Bob Dylan, but um, in this song, it's about him missing somebody named Johanna. Um, and also later on in the song, he talks about some girl named Madonna. Yeah, and that's not that's not Madonna. Yeah, because like every time he her. says that, I was like, "Ooh, Madonna!" I was like, "Wait, wait, this is like, in the '60s." I was like, "Bob Dylan, you love the Material Girls, don't you?" <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait a second, we probably got another like 20 years before yeah. Madonna's gonna come out." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, actually, I'll get to Bob Dylan and materialism later in another okay. song. Okay, um, but yeah, it's definitely not Madonna the pop artist heat pipes um, just cuff this song i gave five stars and it's one of the ones i would recommend wow um i'll give my recommendations all three of them later in order because this is not in the order obviously okay uh moving on to song number four this song is called one of us must know and then in parentheses sooner or later in parentheses yep great chorus uh the chorus yeah. is the the best I, part of this, this entire is, song. This is one that I figured that you'd probably like. Oh, I Mainly, love this. Also because partially because of the drums. The drums are good, yes. Sooner or later, one of us must know. Um and that I really try to get close to you. This is it's a great song. Um It is, yeah. And I think this is the first taste of the quintessential iconic Bob Dylan voice. Yeah, definitely. And it was on the other songs, but not nearly as noticeable. And when I say Bob Dylan voice, I mean 
Hey, how you all doing today? My name's Steven on American Brews and Tunes. Everyone's later. Everyone's heard it. You've heard so many impersonations, and people like magnify it for their impersonations of Bob Dylan. But this this song, you can really hear it, and it 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 works. Um, as as far as like the theme on this song, I mean. It seems like it's it seem, it seems the inevitability like, of the ending of a relationship. Is yeah, it seems like have. they like just started some type of relationship, and they're like, because like in one of the verses, I think he says like, "I'll be the first to tell you if like this doesn't work out or something like that." Mm-hmm. And then like sooner or later, one of us must know it's a great who's song. been left behind or whatever. Yeah, and the the band arrangement's really good too. Yeah. Um, there's a couple different key parts. I think there's a, a piano and um, either some type of electric keyboard or organ coming in and it's just it's it's very well produced well for the time um, oh yeah definitely uh, the production maybe doesn't hold up 100 percent today but it's for, for 1966 it's phenomenal production mm-hmm. and i would say this is probably my favorite on the album okay nice. i'm gonna go up and say that up front maybe yeah, not but probably I would, I would say that it's it's one of my favorites as well um i don't know when you're listening to it also you can kind of almost envision uh. bob dylan writing this song you can just envision how this would be him with a guitar and a harmonica and nothing else. Mm-hmm. If, even though there's a full instrumentation, you can hear like how it was started. Yeah. Um, this is a great song. Like I said, probably one of my favorites. I gave it a 5 out of 5 again. Yeah. And uh, it's another one I would recommend. And again, later, once I, I recap all three, I'll give those in order. Okay, nice. Uh, but that was song number four. Sooner or later, one of us must know. <laughs> must know that I really did try to get close to you. Get close to you. <laughs> All right, uh, this song's called "I Want You." You got a nice story about this song. Not really. A sad story. What's or a, yeah, at the Binder Factory. Oh, well, yeah. This this song used to come on at the Biner Factory that I used to work at. Um, for a summer, I worked at a factory literally making three-ring binders. Sounds like a, a joyful time. It was not fun. And not only that, I was doing 40 hours there and 20 hours at Five Guys. So I was pretty busy that summer, I guess. Um, but they played the song, and it was annoying. Um, somehow, I still ended up giving this song a three-star rating. Wow. Because after I figured, actually I... sitting there and listening to it, it's I don't so know. The, it's got a faster tempo, yeah. and it got stuck in my head, and that kind of made me like it more. And this this also has a Bob Dylan voice on it. Yeah. I want you. I want you. I want you so bad. And especially in the verses. It's Bob Dylan doing the Bob Dylan voice. And, <laughs> and, and it's a... Uh, and I, you might be wondering, how could Bob Dylan not do the Bob Dylan voice? But there's plenty of songs where he doesn't. Like, if you ever listen to Lay, Lady, Lay. Lay, Lady, Lay, yeah. He doesn't even sound like Bob Dylan. Lay, Lady, Lay. Lay, Lady, Lay. He's got a real smooth voice lay in that song. Lay my big bass bed. So it's... He doesn't always have that iconic Bob Dylan impersonated yeah. voice that people always... Like, if someone has their impression, that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, to that note, a lot of people argue that he has, like, one of the most emotionally driven voices. Yeah, it's very iconic. So, like I've any... also heard a lot of people say he can't sing. He's got a terrible voice. Exactly, but I think they're wrong. He can definitely sing. He hits those notes. It's just... It's it's just the timbre of his voice people don't like. And it was unique. No one had sang like that before. Yeah. Or since, I guess. At least, 
not really. I mean, I guess, yeah. But I don't know. Back to I Want You. Um, I Want You. It's definitely a song about, like, longing for a lost lady, I think. Because, yeah. like, at the end of the first verse, he says, I wasn't born to lose you. And so, obviously. Born he, to lose you. Uh, yeah, just, just. He lost just somebody, and it's. Yeah, he wants somebody. Somebody, somebody back. So even though I like this song way more than I did the Binder Factory, the chorus is still annoying. <laughs> I want you. That's the part that like want you. aggravated me before. I want you so oh, bad. Yeah. But oh, yeah, I want like you. I said, three stars. Uh, I'm sure my bias like had a lot to do with that. Still a catchy song. It's though. still catchy. The next song is better. It's called "Stuck Inside of Mobile" with the Memphis Blues again. Another twelve-bar blues song. Yes, it is, and I think he means mob. Like I'm guessing, Mobile, Mobile Alabama. Like what would you say about this title? It's long, right? Yeah, it's very long. And the song is equally as long, <laughs> just over seven minutes. Come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. That's two songs so far. We're we're only six songs in. He's got two songs over seven minutes. But this song's still pretty good. Um, yeah. It's got this nice little like organ keyboard part in the background that's like, again, like uh, like I was saying about the other keyboard part that blended in, it is one that you don't really hear unless you're like looking for it. Yeah. But in the way of the Big Lebowski, it really ties the song together. Yeah. And I don't know if he like intends this. There might be some humor in this song. Like I envision Probably, like yeah. stuck inside a Mobile, Alabama, and I don't really maybe it's a small town with the Memphis Blues, which was a big sound at that time. Like so, he's in a small place longing for something else i'm guessing i'm not really yeah. sure but but uh i always kind of chuckle he's like oh mama <laughs> that's the pre-chorus really the end? End. and like jesse and i just sang it he does the bob dylan voice on like big time on this song yeah i just so like much. the oh mama, mama. It, it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's funny i don't know if he means it to be funny do you think like in my mind this is what bob dylan was thinking He's like, he's like, man, I'm going to write a song and everyone's going to think it's funny when I get to the mama part. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't really think he talks like that. Where's your proof? Inter- video interviews of him when he was this age. Well, maybe he like put on a, a fake voice for the interviews. <laughs> he's like, hey, he's oh, looking to himself. Hey, self. Put on a fake voice. No, because he still sounds kind of like that, but it's not like, hey, hey, how I, I don't want to be stuck in Mobile when I'm trying to find the Memphis Blues again. Oh gosh, um, what'd you give this one? I gave this four out of five. I really liked this song. Good song, yeah. Um, the next song is called Leopard Skin Pill Box Hat. Now we should probably look up a picture of. A I know leopard what skin I know what it looks like. Hat. I know what it looks like. I can tell you. When I was researching this, they talked about the hat that Jackie Kennedy or Audrey Hepburn wore. And when you see that, it's kind of like, um, it's like this real flat looking hat that, yeah, I don't, it almost looks like a round box. Like if you get like a round box of chocolates, imagine like a round cardboard box with leopard skin print. Oh yeah. No. Well, just imagine a hat box, a flat, like cylindrical cylinder box with a flat top. And it just had leopard skin on it. Um, this song is another 12-bar blues song. Um, and I also noted that Bob Dylan goes ham on that pentatonic scale. Oh, yeah. If you guys know anything about music, that's anytime you're talking about like rock and roll and blues, that's the pentatonic is huge in the, the blues well, you just the take, genre. You just take out the third. Yeah. And like B.B. King. The sixth. 
was was big on the pentatonic. Oh yeah, like yeah. any blues song, yeah. like whenever they do a solo, it's usually on a pentatonic scale. Uh, but anyways, going back to like the hat. Yeah. It's a goofy looking hat. Yeah, definitely. Um, people don't wear those today. They're goofy, and I think Bob Dylan's making fun of it. Yeah, probably. Big time. Yeah. And I think because uh, obviously if Jackie Kennedy, Audrey Hepburn were wearing it. People would look to that and say that's a, a fashion decision. Uh, that's the next big thing. Yeah, that's very true. And so actually. I think Bob Dylan's making fun of people who follow those trends. That makes sense. Like there's one line in the song where he he says it balances on your head just like a mattress balances on yeah. a bottle of wine. And I, yeah, and I love the melody too there. <laughs> and it's just talking about this girl who she always seemed to me like a uh, pompous, yeah, shallow, type, almost type lady. materialistic. Yeah. yeah. And how he, like, was commenting on how she's just, like, super absorbed by her leopard skin pillbox hat and how that's the most important thing. And there's even one line where he goes to a psychiatrist. He's like, uh, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He says, psychiatrist, (laughs) my girlfriend has this leopard skin pillbox hat. And the psychiatrist replies, like, that's bad for your health. Stay away from her. Yeah. So Bob Dylan defies her and goes back to the the girl only to find the psychiatrist there because because he was interested in the pillbox hat. Yeah. And so it's like him saying, like, the shallowness. People will see this idea of, like... Want to get it. Want to get it. At all costs. We'll see this idea of what popularity, fame, wealth, picture of success is, and everyone's going to want that. Yeah. And I think that's what he's making fun of. I gave the song four stars. It's a really funny, um, catchy song. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, on to the next song, Just Like a Woman, number eight. This song, uh, unlike the past couple songs, is much slower and mm-hmm. kind of more ballady. Yeah, and, and he uh, doesn't have that, that type of Bob Dylan voice in this one. I think he does, but it's not as present. It's not as, yeah, it's not as pronounced. Um, the chorus is nice. Um, it's very memorable. If it wasn't for that chorus, I don't know if I'd like the song nearly as much. Like that's that's the big hook in the song. She aches just like a woman. One of my favorite parts is at the end of the chorus when the arpeggiated guitar comes in. This guitar plays right after each chorus and it leads you back into the next verse. And it's just a really, I don't know, it's very pleasant. I don't know. What do you think about the bridge on that song? It's not the most memorable part of the song for me. Okay. I don't dislike it. It comes but, right after that scale part, though. But what I found interesting in this song is the last chorus, okay. where he switches the um, the pronoun from she to you. Yeah, yeah. So it makes the song a little bit more personable. So again, mm-hmm. does is he talking about someone in his own life? He's, Bob, he's you slide me. dog? Who are you talking about? Me. Who are you talking about, Bob? Bobby, Bobby, who are you talking about, Bobby? But for him to start out saying she, and then intentionally switch to you, there's a reason. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree. And the reason is not the season. <laughs> what? I don't know. It rhymes, so I was going with it. Uh, I gave that four out of five. I, I quite like that song quite a bit. I, I would go back to it and listen to it. Nice. Uh, number nine is called Most Likely You Go Your Way, parentheses, and I'll Go Mine, and parentheses. Yeah. It's got a weird, like, bouncy sound to the song. And it's strolly waltzy like tumbling feel i don't know how to describe yeah. that feel it's weird zippity zappity zippity boppity zippity zap zip bop 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 it's like scat but uh, in the beginning of the song there's a riff that's played on the harmonica but it's doubled by i want to say a trumpet yeah to kind of give it nice some nice nice depth um but i like how he doubled that instrumentation that was a nice move good job bob the dylan voice again yeah um, it comes back big time 
Uh, I'm not too huge on the verses on this song, actually. Right. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't. But the chorus I really like. Kind of like uh, the, a couple of previous songs, it sounds like an inevitable relationship that's going to fail. Yeah. Like a, a, a relationship that's doomed. Not that Bob Dylan wants to end it based on the lyrics. It's He's kind of trying to draw it out. But things are going wrong, and they're talking about it and yelling, and it's just not going. Well, yeah, because like the what the chorus is like, or the pre-chorus is, he says, "Time will tell just who has fell and who's been left behind." Yeah. When you go your way and I go mine. Yeah, so whatever. he's talking about how it's bound to happen. The relationship's yeah. bound to end, but they're holding on for some reason. But like the title says, most likely you go your way and I'll go mine. Yeah. I gave a song, song. F- four out of five. Um, it's tough to give a song five out of five. Yeah. And I actually, I think I might retract that and go three and four fifths. Okay. So that's, uh, I officially... Minus one line from that fourth star. On to song number 10, (laughs) which is called Temporary Like Achilles. Achilles, yeah. Achilles, Achilles. I say Achilles. Okay, I say Achilles. I got my Achilles tendon. Like Achilles heel, yeah. But this song's slow and bluesy. How yep. bluesy, do you ask? Very. It's not one bluesy. It's not ten bluesy. Or even eleven bluesy. Or not it's, thirteen. Yes. It's twelve. Twelve bar bluesy. Bar bluesy. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't follow the twelve bar blues pattern to a T, but it's definitely in there and you can hear it. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, I think the song's forgettable. I would, I would actually probably agree with you. It's, it's one Every of time my... I listen to this album, it was almost like hearing the song for the first time because I... Like, just didn't remember it. I, yeah, it, it didn't stick. It doesn't have anything that sticks out to you. It was definitely probably it was one, definitely one of my least favorite on the album. I agree with you there. It's it, I think that is my least favorite. Um, thematically, it's a song about him trying to woo a girl who just isn't having it. So I mean, it's a relatable theme. I'm sure people have gone through that before. Yeah. But as all in all, like musically, it doesn't have that much going on. There's nothing memorable. The hook, the hook's not there. Mm-hmm. I gave the song two and three fifths stars. So that's. Pretty bad rating uh, for this album. Yeah, that's uh, that's just over 50%. Anywho, on to song number 11, which is called Absolutely Sweet Marie. Marie, whoever you are, Bob Dylan loves you. <laughs> uh, this song's fast. Uh, and this beginning, like there's a, a key keyboard part that comes in at the very beginning. And uh, I don't know about you, but it kind of reminds me of the Beach Boys. Just like the feel, not like a, the, right. the particular like any like, like specific notes, song. Like that. It's just like like I feel like like Beach Boys esque almost. I don't know why, and okay. it might just be me. It's it's what I think of. Maybe like pop music of like the '60s or '70s. I don't know. Yeah, okay. but it's a really really fun sound. Um, and unfortunately, like the last song, there's not much of a hook or a chorus uh. like to make the song stand out too much to me. But because in the verses, there's so much. Like, it's just like a really catchy, like fun sound. That was enough for me to give it four stars. Nice. Um, wow. Which I think I overrated it, but I'm not going to go back on this one because... Not going to retract this one. I really enjoy hearing this song. And there's nothing... I, I can't even remember how it goes, to be honest. But whenever it comes on, I've listened like, to this song yes. for two weeks straight, and I, I can't remember. But I, I do know that this is a really fun sounding song. Uh, so four stars. Nice. Song number 12, which is called Fourth Time Around. Um, the thing that I think sets this song apart is at the very beginning it comes in with this classical like finger picked guitar like a mm-hmm. nylon string guitar yeah, which is really nice and it comes in it's slower and it's got more of a flowing feel I don't know if this is true but I read that the Beatles song Norwegian Wood is based on the melody and the verse okay and if you listen to the verse on this song you can kind of hear it 
Um, so maybe definitely like the Beatles, John Lennon, and Paul McCartney were very aware of Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, who maybe, wasn't at um, that time? People who lived under rocks. People who were Eskimos. Crude. Eskimos. Eskimos. Yeah, I guess people not in America were maybe the Australians. I don't know. Civilized places. Anyway, um, whether the Beatles based their song on this or not, I'm not sure. Uh, it's kind of cool to hear them side by side. Maybe let's we'll see if we can post a link for both videos. Yeah, on this. yeah. Just so, I think that it might be. But listen to them both, and you decide. <laughs> um, thematically, this song is about a strenuous relationship. Uh, unfortunately, the I'd say time around. it's forgettable. Also, okay. it's it's a good song, but it's forgettable. I gave it three stars. Um, on to the next song, which is the penultimate song, the second to last. Yes. It's song number 13, obviously Five Believers. And I'm not going to bury the lead. I gave this five stars, and it's my another one of my recommended songs. Nice. I don't know if this, has, like, if this was intentional, but it's kind of funny that this song has the number five in it right after the previous song has number four in it. Yeah. So that's the last true. song was fourth time around. This one's obviously five, five believers. believers. <laughs> Never noticed that before. That, I, I noticed that immediately. And I don't funny. know if it was intentional or if it just happened. I, it's hard. It's really hard to say. I would. I mean, it has to be intentional. This right? song is faster and yeah. like heavier, a lot more rock and rolly than yeah. anything else on the album. I'd say. And I even said like, there's this riff on the song that if you added some more bass and some more fuzz to the guitars, it would sound like Black Keys or like the White Stripes. Yeah. Like that line. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cool guitar line. I think it's really ahead of his time almost. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Bob Dylan wrote that or if some of the session musicians wrote it. I th- yeah, I'm not really sure either. Yeah, who knows? Um, but that guitar lick doubles the harmonica line. Or maybe the harmonica line is doubling the guitar line. Well, I don't know. I mean, either way, they're, they're doubling each other. Um, but they're either play, way, they're playing the same thing. That line rocks, and again, this is another twelve bars blues form again, um, like some of the other ones that happened on this album. But this one is the fastest twelve bar blues form. Like I said, that song's five stars and a recommendation. Nice. On to the last song, which is called "Sad Eyed Lady of the Lowlands." How long is this? Song? Eleven minutes and eighteen seconds. Way too long. <laughs> Come on, Bob. We've had two over seven minute songs, and you're gonna. Do this to us now, 11 minutes? Not long enough. Fortunately, this song is really good. Um, yep. Uh, like, I lady of the low land. Like I said before, this is a double album, so it means two records. Uh, so four sides, technically. Yep. On the second record, this took up the entire fourth side. So that means it, like, if you're sitting there with your record, you flip it to the fourth side, there's only one song, and it's this song because it's so long. Yeah, so for like that time, that would be that's unheard kind of. Kind of strange, very strange, like weird for the listener. Um, so it's it's a long song, but it's really catchy. It's a love song to his, I can't remember if it's his then girlfriend, fiance, or wife, but it's a woman he ended up marrying, named Sarah Lowndes, and so her name kind of talks about low. I, okay, I, yeah. I think that might be the connection, Lowndes, which sounds like lowlands almost. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, but as far as the song goes, I think the biggest thing it has going for it is the structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the verses kind of start out real mellow and relaxed and kind of reserved instrument, like with the instrumentations. Um, and it builds up and builds up and builds up until he gets to the chorus. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of cuts out a little bit where he's like, Sad lady of the lowlands. And right after that, it gets big. Yeah. 
and all the instruments come in and it's almost like a climactic and moment no and after that does. climactic moment it goes back into the verse and starts that same structure over again and that happens time and time again because with 11 minutes you can fit that in there a lot yeah that's that's kind of his writing yeah, style it really is um, the hook comes back so many times it's really catchy it's really a great song this was almost a song I would recommend but it's it's not I gave this four and four fifths stars out Just of five because of the time yeah yeah and there was a couple songs I liked better um, all right yeah so what do you think overall well let me give my top three first and oh, then I'll yeah, go overall okay. yeah um, my favorite song would be hold on I gotta flip to go back and see what it's called again my very favorite song is One of Us Must Know Sooner or Later yeah. the song's absolutely fantastic check that song out so catchy so good uh, my second favorite song is Visions of Johanna even though it's so long it's still a fantastic song and the third song I would recommend is the 13th song obviously Five Believers and that's solely based on that it's nice. just a, it, Essentially, it's a jam. I don't know. It's a jam. It's a really fun, rocking song. Um, Overall, the musicianship is fantastic on this album. I read that Bob Dylan like started doing um, sessions and tracking in New York, and then stopped and came to Nashville and finished everything here and almost restarted everything. I think there's only one song he did in New York that they kept, but he came here. This was through Columbia too. Yeah, fantastic musicianship. Um, You got to remember, this came out in 1966. Nothing like this had happened before. If you listen to early Bob Dylan songs like Blowing in the Wind compared to this, it's a world of difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, overall, I give this album 5 out of 5. Wow. Um, because it's iconic. It's set a huge trajectory in the music industry. It shaped how music it was afterwards. Yeah. Um, now, saying that, it's not my favorite. Um, I'm not going to come back and listen to it regularly. I'll listen to it more than I did before. But um, I'm very glad that you recommended this. I think yeah. it's an album that everyone should listen to at least once. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, enough of that. Let's uh, let's speed it up quite a bit. How about that? Yeah. Now, just as just as that album has kind of set a trajectory for maybe folk music or like softer music, um, this album, or actually, what is it? Is it two albums? Two albums. And I think or three last albums? week. I think last week I had recommended their. Oh yeah, you recommended their entire discography, but then I said no because you didn't. Just one you didn't, album. Jesse didn't realize that yeah. um, their entire discography comprise it comprises of it's, two seven inches com- and one. I think it's like, like three. It's like, like nine in songs. Yeah, two seven inches and an album with nine songs. So their entire discography is essentially like 16, 17 songs, maybe. It's, and it's probably about the either, yeah probably less amount of time than this Bob Dylan album. Yeah, most likely. Where Bob Dylan, I'd say like the average song length is five minutes on that album. The average song length is probably a minute and a half. Yeah, on minor this threat album. is like a minute and a half. Yeah. All right. So why don't you delve in? Um, yes. Yeah, so minor minor threat. The uh, the first two seven inches is what I'm going to be starting with. Um, minor threat was a band in the '80s, the 1980s, in Washington D.C. Yeah, they were a punk. Uh, one of the the hardcore punk scene. Yeah. Um, I told you how they got their name, right? Because they're all. Under eighteen, yes, minors. Yeah. They're all minors under yep. eighteen. Yep. So they're all they're a minor threat, which is actually what one of the songs later on is called, um, which is very good. And they're super. Uh, I'd say they're pretty political, socially conscious. Definitely, yes. They, de- they definitely are. Um, and just like the first song, um, the first song is called "Filler." Filler. Yeah. And uh, essentially, this song they're like bashing people who waste their time on stuff that they deem. A waste of time. Yeah. Essentially. 
Um, and also, there are quite a few songs to get through, so I'm going to be kind of like commenting briefly on most of these. Yeah. I gave this one a 3.5 out of 5, just because, like, I... Are you saying that song's oh. filler? That joke deserves a cheers. Shibbity beep a Um... Mm. I will say I'll just I'll actually first even though I already gave that rating for that song I'm just gonna kind of say a few general things about these two uh, the well, technically I guess three records yes um, the first two seven inches if you were not well versed in punk or like how other punk bands have like written songs these two first seven inches would sound the same mm. all the way throughout. And this this, this came out in 90, like 80, 81, 83, 82? maybe? I think the they were almost done by 83. Yeah. Yeah, so... If you had your baby, baby punk ears uh, listening to this record, most of the songs would sound the same. Yeah, so you have to listen to it would quite a few like times. sound like literally the same. Yeah. Like you wouldn't like... it's. I mean, like most of the songs, he kind of like screams and doesn't sing. And so most of the songs, it seems like he's screaming at the same pitch. And they, they have, like, the same feel, guitar, drum, bass. Yeah, the same. Sonically, they're similar. Yeah. Power chords, fast yeah. drum beat. Um, him s- s- scream singing almost. Yeah. yeah. Like, in the song, the first song in Filler, at the end he's like, Filler! Filler! <laughs> and just, like, screams. Just Filler at the end. Yeah. Um... What about song number deuce? uh, Song number two is, I would say, probably one of the... Man, I don't want to hear what you're going to say about this song. (laughs) Um, I I heard this song before you recommended this album to me. Yeah. Which is saying something. And the song is called, I Don't Want to Hear It. Yep, the song is called, I Don't Want to Hear It. I gave this one five out of five, and it's also one of the songs I'd recommend. Good choice. Um, Just because it's like that classic punk attitude. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear your essentially, lies. Essentially, the, the song is about not wanting to hear other people's BS. Yeah. All you talk is something in lies. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. When are you going to realize it? I don't want to hear it. Yeah. No, no, you're hmm, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like the, the chorus is just, None I don't want to hear it. I love your BS. Poop. I don't want to hear it. I love your BS. I don't want to hear it. It's so, just like yeah. that same thing over and over again. But it's like really catchy, really fast, and it's it's like a, it's only like a minute and ten it's a sec- short, ten it's seconds a short song, like as most of these songs are. Yeah, but it's so good though. I I just love that. I song. love that song. Yeah, it's amazing. Good choice in recommending that one though. Yeah, um, track number three is called "Seeing Red." Really great chorus. I love the chorus red. on this song. I'm seeing red. I'm seeing red. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what he's like talking about in this song. He's angry about something. Just angry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I give that four to five. Yeah. The next song is a song that kind of defines who they are as a band. And it defines how a lot of people live their life after this. Yeah. Yep. Um, the song is called Straight Edge. And Did and, you know about the Straight Edge movement? Much? Well, I knew, I knew about it because you told me about it. Do you want to explain it? Like, before, uh, before you told me about it, I had no idea it existed. Okay. Well, um, Straight Edge was like a... It originated in the... Actually, it originated from this song. Um they lived a straight edge lifestyle which meant no uh, and it kind of varied from person to person but based on this song it's no drinking no smoking no sex yeah uh they wanted to be clean clear and productive and not be clouded by any 
of life's uh, distractions. Use, use for pleasure. Yeah. And so it's it's talking about being straight edge. Frivolous things. And people took this to heart. Yep. Uh, almost to the point where you would go to a punk show and there would be straight edge punks there. And if they saw you like smoking a cigarette or drinking a beer, they would go and beat you to a pulp. Yeah, almost hospitalized. This, this was you. in the eighties when the punk scene was violent. Was very violent. Like people got hospitalized because they would drink, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's not what Minor Threat was going for. They're really? just saying we we choose to live this way because it helps us be clear and think. Okay, I didn't know. They're that, not yeah. saying beat up people who don't think the same as you. Yeah. In fact, that's very well, against actually, the punk rock that's mentality. Actually, well, that's actually very against what Minor Threat writes about in their yeah, music. Yeah, big too. time. They weren't happy with the violent like punk scene. Bottle, one of the later songs. Bottle of violence, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Scene Red, great song. I give it four to five. Uh, straight Edge, you mean? I mean Straight Edge. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I give it three point five out of five. Fair enough. I like the song. It's not my um, favorite, but it's, it's just it's meh. crazy that they they wrote the song and then. People took it so to heart that they yeah. they defined a generation, yeah, almost like a crazy. punk rock movement of being straight edge. Obviously, on this show, we could not be straight edge, yeah, unless this is O'Doul's non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, O'Doul's. No, I won't drink to that. How about to Stone and Dogfish Head? Yes. Shit, but be but Ah, so next song, we gotta keep this mama jama moving. All right, next song. It's called Big Man, Big Mouth. Is it? I thought it was called Small Man, Big Mouth. Actually, you're probably right. I just wrote down Big Man. I Yes, it's called Small Man, Big Mouth. Yeah. So that actually makes <laughs> sense. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> big Man, Big Mouth. Um, because essentially, this, it seems like this song is about like people. <laughs> big Man! <laughs> I've heard this song so many times, so I know that Small Man, Big Mouth. But when yeah. you said that, I was like, Big Man, Big Mouth. <laughs> whenever I read it, whenever I read it on my phone today, I saw the big and big mouth, and just like wrote big. Oh down man, that's funny. Whenever I wrote the track, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about like a guy who's obviously a small man but a big mouth. He uh, like he talks a big game but doesn't follow through with much, and yeah. Essentially, a person who says he has convictions but does not have convictions. And that's kind of the same thing like what you were just talking about, like their their like their mentality. Yeah. It's like they want to be clear, they want to actually do what they're saying they're gonna do. Um but anyway, I get I gave track five small man, big mouth, a three point five out of five. Yeah. Not big man, big mouth. That's no, not a song. No, that's not a song. That's we not should a song write it yet. We should tell our uh, favorite Nashville band Tree Shelf to write a song Big Man Big oh, Mouth. Oh yeah, you know what? We could probably get him up on the phone sometime. Yeah, we'll uh we'll get Tree Shelf on the phone and get them to talk about Big Man Big Mouth. Maybe, yeah. Uh maybe like episode t- like 11 or 12. We'll see. Okay. We'll yeah. have a conversation with them. We'll have to try and we'll try and actually get in touch with them. Yeah. It might be kind of tough. So. Onward. Track number 6. Screaming at the wall. Like screaming at a wall. Um, it's a heavy, fast song. This is essentially a song about dealing with people who are ignorant. Mm-hmm. Because um, like one of the one of the uh, lyrics in the verse is like talking about a guy like building a wall around himself and then like not, like refusing to come out or look over it. Yeah. So you're screaming at him trying to get through. Yeah, trying like to get through. Like trying to help him out, and he's just like, no, not nope. listening. Nope. Yeah. Not gonna do that. Um, I give that song four to five. You know what I say about that? That's ignorant. That's just ignorant. Why are my hands so sticky? Why is this? I was why is my, this boss so sticky? <laughs> I don't know why you went to that reference. Because you said that's just ignorant. And I thought Michael Jackson. Why is this boss so sticky? 
<laughs> so I was referencing Michael Jackson, and Jesse did some random uh, Saturday Night Live skit about sticky bars. We'll post a video of the sticky bar skit. Yeah. But Michael so Jackson funny. used to say, oh, those people are so ignorant. They don't know anything. They're just ignorant. I just thought of... Why is this bar so, so sticky? sticky? It feels like I'm shaking hands with Spider-Man. <laughs> it's a Bobby Moynihan skit, and it's really oh, hilarious. so funny. Oh, man. Anyway, back on track. Sorry for that uh, little grass there. Yeah, we grass. Um, track seven, bottled violence. Fight. This fight, is fight gone. Fight fight gone. Fight bottled like, violence. It seems like this song is in general a song against drinking. Yeah, because drinking because leads drinking to, leads to well for some people it leads to people them leads being violence, violent. Yeah. yeah. You know they're against drinking and they're against violence. Yeah. Which is kind of odd being in the hardcore punk movement. Oh, excuse me. Gesundheit. I didn't sneeze. Well, actually, that just means good health, so thank well, you. Yeah, is there ever, like, do you think people will ever come up with a reply to a cough? Hmm. Maybe we should right like, now. Like, bless you or gesundheit? Like, when you cough, say, uh, <coughs> breathe, breathe it in. <laughs> um, breathe well. Breathe well. Uh, take a breath. Good breathy. Good breathy. <laughs> Good breathe, good good breaths, good breath, good breaths only. Good breathe. How about good breathe? God breath. God breath. God breathe. God breath instead of no. God, God breathe. God breathe. All right. So that you hear, you heard it here. If somebody coughs, reply to them by saying God breathe instead like, of instead of oh bless you. Here's an example. <coughs> God breathe, man. Oh, thank you so much. Kind of like saying God, comma breathe, man. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Okay. I get it. Nice. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first on episode 10, celebrating National Beer Day on American Brews and Tunes. National Beer Day. We're going to put that up on um, Urban Dictionary. We should. Just like our other word. Um, yeah, we talked about it in an earlier episode, brooping. We also should put shibbity beep dow and gress on bro- uh, Urban Dictionary. Oh, yeah, we should. shibbity beep dow would just be an, an exclamation it of is. happiness. Yeah. But we gress. Again. Yes, again. Continue. On to track eight, um, a song about who they are. Who are they? They are a minor threat. We're just a, a minor, minor threat. threat. And the song's called Minor Threat, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the song's called Minor Threat. I gave this song I gave this song five out of five, and it is one that I would recommend. Um, so good. Agreed. So catchy. The chorus is so catchy. We're just a minor threat. We're just... Um, a minor threat. Very good. But very good song. Moving on though, the ninth song is called uh-huh. "Stand Up." Yeah, this one is not my favorite. I kind of liked it. It's not bad. It's just meh to me. And it seems it just seems like the common theme of the album is they're just like we need to stand up for what we believe in. I agree. Anyway, on to track ten. This is a song that I have no idea what it's about. It's called Twelve XU. It's called One Two XU. Yeah. So One Two XU. If you can enlighten me as to what this song is... I have no idea. I do not know, though. I mean, it's catchy. I like the song, and uh, in the chorus he says, 1-2-X-U. Real fast. 1-2-X-U! No idea what it means. I gave it 3.5 out Let's of 5. Just guess what that means. Like, the 1-2 is like you're counting down. I thought it was like 12 times U, so uh, 12 views. But he says 1-2-X-U, so it's not 12-X-U. It's got to be 1-2, like I'd imagine someone's counting up to something or counting down. And X you would mean like maybe X is a substitute for a explicit word. F U one like, two F U or X like is when you like cross something out. You. 
Yeah, I would say like cross something out like one kill. two kill you. Like one two kill you. <laughs> but there's no way. There's no Pull way. Put a little ray gun. That's not what they mean. It's anyway. just funny to say. Anyway, that wasn't my favorite song. Nah. Uh, the next song is pretty darn good. Oh, you know it's good, dude. Hold on. I, there's just uh, there's something in my eye. Oh, Steve, oh gosh. There's something in your eye. Oh, got it. Okay, good. <laughs> Why do you ask? Wow, coincidence. Track number 11 is called In My Eyes. Oh, good. Huh, interesting. What a coincidence. Anyway, Funny. I gave this song a 5 out of 5, and guess what? Recommend? This is the longest song on these first two 7 inches. And how long is it? Not even close to as long as Bob Dylan's songs. Well, nothing is as close to it that. It is two minutes and, and 49 seconds In long. fact, that's shorter than most pop songs you hear on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the longest song on the album. Um, also, this probably, is... I'd say it's the most unique song. Yes, that's what I... Yeah. Um, this is the first very different sounding song on the album, which I love. Mm-hmm. Great. Perfect. Um, and he's kind of singing... More like talking. Oh, it's, it's more like talking in the verses. You tell me, but it's still you kind of be singing, different. Though. You just need yeah. the excuse. You don't mean it calms your nerves. You just think it looks cool. Really cool. So essentially, this song is about the straight edge movement again. Yeah, like you think that it looks cool. You, you, you think it you, means you, something, but it, you don't mean it calms your nerves, like smoking or whatever. You just think it looks cool, so it's just like you're like super immature. Like, yeah, you have no idea like why you're doing this. And you tell me you it makes no it. difference. At least I'm trying. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the entire song. Yes, and then it goes back into the chorus. Yeah. It's in my eyes. The chorus is real fast. It's like it's in my eyes. It's in my eyes. Da, 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 da. It's in my eyes. It's in my eyes. Very um, good song. Rage Against the Machine oh, covered yeah. this, and it's it's actually a pretty good cover. Really, I still like Minor Threats way better, but uh, the Rage version is good. Yeah. Um. That I give a song five out of five, and I would re- I would recommend it. Next, track number twelve is called "Out of Step" (parentheses with the world). Um, Great song. This is just a song, being straight edge. You know, not conforming to the norm. It's about being out of step with and, the, what the world says, and like essentially how difficult that is. Yeah. Their next album is called "Out of Step." Yeah. Um, it's like a seven or eight. Um, nine songs nine song album really short um, but if you look at the cover album which we'll, we'll post a picture of it yeah um, it's a herd of white sheep and then a black sheep hopping away from them so that yeah. sheep is out of step with everyone else uh. um, but uh, great song I really really identify with this song if your personality doesn't fit in with the rest of the personalities if you like things that don't fit in with what everyone else likes I definitely feel that quite a bit sometimes. If you if you're in a big crowd and you just don't feel right you're out of step this song is for you. Yeah. So this song is an awesome message. I just I I would say it's the best song, in my opinion. Okay. I wouldn't say so, but well, we're different. You I'm also, out of step with you. you. Also, I'm out of step with you. <laughs> you also grew up listening listening to this, though. Yeah. Yeah. So you it has more meaning for you. I've only been listening for two weeks. Agreed. So. Um. So that, that song is very good. The next song is called Guilty of Being White. Yes. And they people have given, given this song some flack. Some racist flack. Yes. But the way I see it, it's not racist. No. The way I see it is they are kind of commenting on the fact that people are looked down upon a lot of times for things they can't change. So in this case, I'm guilty of being white. Yeah. Like, 
apparent like as in like being white is a bad thing or like inherently bad you know and so essentially in the song he lists off a bunch of stereotypes of like white people like he's like well i think one one thing he says he's like i'm a racist guilty and like it's kind of like in a sarcastic way he's like saying like well i'm white so i'm a racist obviously like i'm guilty of that because i'm white you know, and so it's it's kind of like a really racy, it's kind ironic of political song. Yeah, he's he's saying obviously he's he's not like obviously guilty, he's not, but he's he's like saying that that's in general what how like a lot of people view. And he's saying like he's people. not pointing out white people in general. He's saying don't make someone guilty based on their skin color. Like exactly, know? exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. a song about being looked down upon or like being judged upon by something you can't can't change, such as your skin color. Exactly. So. It's nice. I really nice like song. the song. I, I really like it. Um, it's Guilty it's, of being white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fast song again. It's, it's very, uh, very interesting that they would choose. Because like, that's like different than everything else I've talked about in this album. Yes, it is. So whenever I first heard that, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But, well, but I'm not really though. sure what Washington, D.C. Was, was like. I guess, uh, yeah. I, I don't of, know what it was like in the 80s race. either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's but a, there were some rough an, parts in D.C., I know that. It's an interesting song, nonetheless. Yeah. Next song? Track number 14, Step in Stone. This is the most different song on the entire album, I think. I agree. Mainly because there's a melody. <laughs> and the Step in Stone. Hey, 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 hey. And the Step in Does this song end kind of odd also? Yeah, it does, yeah. Like just with him doing that, oh. It's like weird, weird voices, yeah. yeah. It's like a, a, a lot of like reverb, a, like a Pickety third at the end or something. Yeah. Like, or is that at the end of the second one? Can't remember. But it's um, it's a weird anyway, sounding I, song. I, I like the beginning though because they did the same thing that No Effects did on the decline. Yeah. And like <laughs> took down like all the treble and bass and like just left the mids. Uh huh. And it started off. It like, sounds it like sounds if like you're a hearing radio. a radio in a movie. Yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, but I gave that song five out of five because I really right. liked it. On to their second or last album, Out of Step, uh, called Out of Step. It's a nine track album. Um, nice I'm, kind of, I'm gonna kind of go through these kind of quick because I actually like the first two seven inches better than these songs. Okay, I, I get that. Just in general, like I didn't recommend any of these. Oh, there's. Uh, I mean, they're, they're good, but okay, I, yeah. Since I'm just gonna do three songs, I I, I like the other ones better. So on to out of step, uh, track number one. This song is called Betray. Oh my goodness! What's your first note? This song has fast drums. Yes, at the very beginning, he's uh, like there's a guitar part and then. The drums come in, yeah. Which I did not do it justice yeah. at all. Well, I mean that's all right. But oh, the drums are so ridiculously fast. Yeah. It makes my brain spin. Um, and one thing that I would say about this album is that you can definitely tell that they kind of define their sound a lot more. Yes. Um, I may not particularly like this album as much as the first two seven inches, but they, they definitely changed, like they, they definitely changed. They found a, lot. a different sound. Yes. Yeah. And by that, like, it's not much different, but not every single song sounds the same on this album. And when you listen to this album, it's actually a little bit more closer to Fugazi. Do you know them? You've told me about them, yeah. Fugazi is uh, a couple of the members from Minor Threat, including the singer Ian McKay. They, after Minor Threat broke up, he started that band. And they're more of like a post-hardcore punk band. They had much longer longevity than Minor Threat did. Some of the songs on here you can kind of feel are going towards Fugazi. 
it seems almost like they're going more away from like that really fast, always punk. Yeah, they're uh, like more towards like reggae almost. Almost growing up, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Moving on. But anyway, that song was good. I mean, obviously it's a song about betrayal. Yeah, obviously. Um, I gave that four out of five. Track number two, It Follows. What a great movie. What a great... <laughs> I was actually about to say that. And this was the inspiration for the movie, no. It Follows. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen the movie, It Follows, you can find it on Netflix, probably DVD, Target, wherever. Um, this movie came out, I want to say, t- late 2016. Uh, it's a horror film. Really unique. Pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, check it's it out. Really good. We just a little grass there. Uh, American Brews and Tunes gives it the stamp of approval. If you don't like horror movies, do not check it out. It's really creepy. We should uh, we should make a stamp. Okay, let's do it. Um, like with, a, with a thumbs up, and say American Brews and Tunes approves. Let's do it. That'd be kind of fun. We'll sell the stamp too. Is there is there a place where you like make stamps? If you guys know a place where we can make stamps, let us know, please. Yeah. Comment below, or send us a text because you probably know us. Yeah, if you listen to this, you probably have our phone (laughs) number. (laughs) Oh goodness! All right, moving on. Anyway, it follows what I was just saying. I gave it four to five. Um, It seems like it's kind of a song about the fact that like your problems follow you, like no matter where you go, or you, like, I don't know, like people you don't like or ideas that you disagree with, like they follow you and you like can't get away from them. Essentially, word. Word. Exactly. Good song. Uh, track number three. It's called Think Again. It is the first song where there's actually kind of a guitar line in the beginning. Instead of uh, like power chords. Instead of just power chords or just on the snare or something like that. So that's exactly why I said they're kind of defining their sound more. Yes. I thought it was pretty good. Um, a super nice bass line in the, in the bridge. And essentially it seems like it's a song about not being ignorant. Which um, is a nice reminder on American Brews and Tunes... We like to say, don't be ignorant. Yeah, I mean, just as a general PSA, it's nice to not be ignorant. Educate yourself. Educate yourself. Put yourself in situations that you normally wouldn't be in. Yeah. Meet people who you normally wouldn't talk to. I mean, that's how we started this podcast. Yeah. One day we were like, hey, why don't we start a podcast? Let's Let's do do something something new. Yeah. So, do new things. Meet new people. Yeah, do it up. Live your life. Be the L- change you seek. L Y L, live your life. L Y L, live your life. Lil, 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 At American, at American Brews and Tunes, we like to say this. Lil, <laughs> live your life. Lil. Anyway, like T I. So live your life. We hey. <laughs> we grasp way too much. Yeah, we grasp big time, man. Big time, man. The next song is Let called it. "Look Back and Laugh." Ooh, it's good track song. number four. It's definitely very good. I some, it. Is there some laughs in the song? It. Yeah, he might. Anyway, um, this song is, I mean, about like uh, being very nostalgic about your past and like remembering your past, or like a bad relationship and being like, "Ha, huh, one day we're gonna look back and laugh at this." Essentially. I think this song is in the movie uh, SLC Punk. Oh, is it? Yes. That would make sense. Anyway, uh, track number five. A little slower, right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit slower. Um, but like you were saying, track number five? Yeah, track number five. It's called Sob Story. Um, and I say, I would say that this, uh, this song is kind of sarcastically feeling bad for someone's situation. It is. Pretty much like, 
oh, boo-hoo, like, look at the situation you're in. Oh, well. You're a sob story. It's like, oh, you're, no, oh, it's so sad. Sorry about that. And then it's like, just deal with it. Yeah. That's kind of what they're saying. Um, um, track number six. No reason. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? No idea. There's no reason. I don't know. I liked it. Very it's much a, liked it. It's a good song, but I don't, I don't know what it means. Um, I gave it 3.5 out of 5 because, like you said, that's one of those Bob Dylan songs. It's kind of just one of the ones that this is Passover I'm not going to come back to. Yeah. Next song? The next song is called Little Little Friend. It's not um, bad. I gave it 4 to 5. Uh, mainly because it's actually probably one of the faster songs on this album. Um, so, and essentially, the little friend he's referring to is essentially this kind of like angst that he has. Mm-hmm. Like whether it manifests itself through anger or through whatever else. Um, the next song is a, a repeat, a re-recorded version, a re-recorded version of "It's Out of Step." The song. It's called Out of Step. Yeah, on the last album, I actually think I didn't recommend it, but I gave it. You gave it a better rating five. this time, yeah. though. I did, yeah, because I liked the newer version of it. Yeah. But enough about that. Um, you... Again, it's just a straight-edge song. song about being out of step with the world, which they do still say, but they took it out of the title. Word. Yeah. Which is weird. But the last song. Whoa, did you hear that burp? I did, yeah. It was actually kind of, like, forceful. It wasn't forceful, I guarantee, but it was no, sounded like it, a lion. It sounded forceful, though. I did not force it. No, 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 no. I mean, it sounded like... Oh, like I had like a force, force within me. Like a force within I felt, you. As it came out of me, I felt like a lion. Like you're growling. Yes. And I don't, I don't mean like a, a female lion who goes out and hunts. Lionesses are tough. I know. Maybe but you do mean that. No, I mean like when you think you of mean a, it like, like the Mufasa. MGM, like MGM, the lion that you see at the beginning of the movies. Yeah. Rawr. <laughs> or how about the beast whenever, whenever Belle leaves the castle? You mean... Beauty and the burp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean beauty and the beast. <laughs> Whatever. I just I just saw the live action movie recently. Is it good? It was very good actually. Alright. I was okay. very surprised. Um they added I... they added a lot of songs that I didn't like. That's okay though, I guess. But they also it's... added a, a song that I did like, which the beast sang after Bell after he let Bell go. Okay. Would I like it, you think? Uh, I mean, did you really like the Disney movie when you were a kid? Uh, a decent amount, yeah. You, you'd you probably still like it. Yeah. I'll give it a try. We'll see. We digress. Um, yes, the last song is called Cashing In. This song is hilarious. Um, it's so funny. You know how funny it is? How funny? He laughs in the lyrics. He says, ho, 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 in the lyrics. It's hilarious. <laughs> It's so funny. Ho, ho, ho. This is essentially a song about them cashing in on a tour or a show or all the money they make off of people. And I think it's kind of an ironic song. because I, I believe it's kind of talking about how the music industry is kind of stupid. Yeah. Or like they don't like it. It's a song about how the, the fact that they do not like the fact that the music industry is so driven by money. And at the end of the song, he says, he actually references the Wizard of Oz. Uh Uh-huh. Because in the song, he also talks about a yellow brick road. And then he says, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. So where am I? Uh, But anyway, I gave this song a four to five. And I thought the laughing in the beginning, the ho-ho-hos, 
were so funny that I, I recommend it. You recommended the song. I'm recommending four songs because okay, there's so, so many. Do you want to uh, recap those songs yep. by uh, chance? Uh, the first song that I would recommend... Yeah, go ahead and flip through your pages. Let's, uh, is, let's see what you recommend. Is definitely... I Don't Want to Hear It. Okay. That's number one. Great song. I Don't Want to Hear It. an amazing song. Yep. The second song that I would recommend is track number 11, In My Eyes. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Yes, definitely. And the third song I would recommend is track number eight, Minor Threat. And, of course, the one that I just talked about, Cashing In, because I think it's hilarious. Interesting. Not the songs I would pick. Uh, Some of them are, some of them aren't. But uh, good choices. I assume you would pick... uh, I don't want to hear it. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely pick Out of Step. But as far as like the throwbacks go, what do you think? I thought it was pretty good, man. Like, it was actually very interesting to hear, uh, like, kind of earlier punk, um, like, in the, from the 80s. Yes. And like, some of the things that influenced all of the punk bands to come. To, yeah, yeah, like exactly. Even, even exactly. Bad Religion, No Effects, all those bands. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I was very interested to hear Bob Dylan, because I know, I, like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm super familiar with Bob Dylan, but I know all know the... You know his big hits. Yeah, I know yeah. the big hits. This album was monumental. Yeah. And it's, it's really awesome to hear. I was actually kind of worried. That this was going to be like another Broken Bells situation. Yeah. Oh, Broken Bells at least have like the the Perfect World one really good song. Um, yeah. But Blonde on Blonde, really good album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Remember, the Bob Dylan album came out in '66, and this album came and this out. This came out. This album came out in '83, I believe. Yeah. So those are only, what is that? Seventeen years apart. Yes. So think about this for a second. Those of you who were born in the 90s or whatever, think about an album that came out in 2000 and then an album that came out this year. That's the same amount of time between. And so like, think about how big of a shift that was from Bob Dylan to Minor Threat. Huge. Yeah, just in, a, in an immense shift. Yeah. And like that, that's one of the things that's like really cool about music in general. Is that it's it's that is that it's always changing? Is that it's always flowing? It's always, you know, taking new curves, eroding a different part of society, or whatever you want to say. Yeah, whatever, whatever he's saying. Whatever metaphor or euphemism or euphemism is that is that a, is that a word? What, euphemism is a word. I don't know what it means though. I think I'm using it right. Maybe whatever not. metaphor like whatever whatever metaf- what's your whistle? Whatever idiom you want to use. To whatever describe, floats your boat. Whatever. Trips your trigger. Whatever sinks your ship. Whatever shushmlugles your shplugsplugel. Whatever carries your kite. Whatever strings your guitar. Whatever yaks your yo-yo. <laughs> Whatever blinks your light bubble thing. Whatever. Whatever blows your bubble. Whatever bisects your bicycle. Whatever washes your hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we went too whatever, far. Whatever, whatever snicks your snack. <laughs> <laughs> whatever mivies your movies. <laughs> whatever bloodles your bloodles. Whatever shoops your poops. <laughs> whatever shoops your poops. <laughs> this isn't going in the podcast. We're gonna yeah, laugh about no, this yeah. later. <laughs> 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 this podcast is dedicated to shoop. 
Yeah. Whatever shoops your poop. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but moving forward, let's give some recommendations for next week. Okay. What I'm going to recommend for you is an album called Make Your Mark by a band called Living With Lions. And it's kind of interesting. I hadn't heard about this band until college. Uh, okay. Our uh, our friend Daniela recommended that for me. Yes. So I think it's something you're actually going to enjoy. Shout out to Daniela. Shout out to Daniela. Um, now, I'm going to recommend you an album by a band you have heard before. Uh-huh. But I... I'm fairly certain you haven't heard much of this album. Yep. Um, it is the band Spoon. Spoon? Wasn't it me who got you listening to Spoon in the first place? It was, actually. Interesting. Which um, album is this? This is not Ga 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 Ga. This is They Want My Soul, is what the album is called. Interesting. So I will recommend that to you. Okay. Such a good album. All right, so we got albums for next week. Um, do we have anything else for next week? You know what? I don't think so. Before we finish our beers for the the week, let's tally up these uh, burps. See who won. Did you get my last one that I just did there? All right, let me count your last one. All right. All right. All right. Drum roll, please. Five, 10, 15, you got twenty eight. Jesse has twenty eight. Steven had 36. Dang it. Steven is the winner of $2. He's a champion. Oh, Steve, congratulations. Uh, Whoa, there's <laughs> another one. There's another one, so there you go. All right, well, hey, cheers to the 10th episode and cheers to National Beer Day. And may there be 10 more episodes because we literally don't have more fun than doing this. We love doing this podcast. Literally, I mean, this is a blast. Um, if you guys are enjoying it, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Please share with your friends if you really like it that much. That would mean the world to us. Yeah, I mean... Just give us like a, a share on Facebook. That would just make my day. Or since you already have our number, just text us and yeah, say, say, Hey, dude, heard Jesse, the podcast? Hey, Steven. Heard the podcast? Good. We really like it. Yeah. Because we don't get that much feedback, and we're sad. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not sad, but we I, we would love to hear if you guys are actually well, listening. Yeah, to yeah, this. it would just be nice. It'd be know, nice to be able to hear that because we will record this just for ourselves if no one listens. It's true because, as Kevin Smith said, if you if nothing else, you can look back on a podcast and listen with your friends and as a memory have, and just have a good time. Yeah, yeah, fair so, enough. Anyway, this last cheers goes out to all you listeners out there. So here's 10 episodes, and here's 10 Here, more. Yep, here's the 10 episodes, and here's the, I don't know, 100 more, 10 more. 100 whatever. more, 10 more, whatever. All right, thank you guys, and here we go. Here are the magic words. Shibbidabibbidow! Cheers, everybody. We'll see everybody next week on American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-day!